With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 70, the Bash Mania podcast, and I am your host, Justin Bash. Today, junior world champion David Carr joins the show. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen. Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure to subscribe to Bashamania. And if you enjoy this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. All right. We have David Carr with us today. How are you, man? Good. Doing really great. Um, feeling good. You know, it's funny. I usually start off the show a lot by asking people how they got started in the sport. And it's usually a pretty interesting sport. But, I mean, wrestling's in your blood. So, it's almost like you were, you were yeah. born to wrestle. Tell me, though, so your dad's a, what, three-time NCAA champion, uh, Olympic bronze medalist. Albeit, yeah. he was great. What led you to start wrestling? So, I, uh, you know, I did a few other sports when I first was growing up. And when we moved to Ohio, um, my dad uh, did wrestling at this gym. And he was, he was real simple. He was just like, hey, because I, I had wrestling shoes because he's a wrestling family. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was just like, hey, uh, you want to come to practice today? And I was like, sure. And I ended up just – he had me just do the warm-up. Like, I literally ran around because I was young. I was in, like, fifth grade. He had me just run around in a circle, stretch, have me do the warm-up and watch practice because he was teaching. And, and then the next day I was like, Hey, I, I want to try to do the moves that you're teaching and stuff. And basically from there, um, I just, that's pretty much where my wrestling wrestling started off. And it was a lot of fun. My dad took me to a lot of big tournaments at first, like big national tournaments. So I'd go like two and out and I'd be like, dad, what the <laughs> heck? Like, we can't go to like the McDonald's open or something like, he, he took me to, like Tulsa and all these big national tournaments. And it's like my first year. Yeah, and you know, I was crying and stuff. He's like, "Oh, you'll get it. Just keep your elbows in, and get better." I was like, "But he never okay. tried to like force you into the sport like early on." Like, no. I'm surprised to hear you say you didn't really start to like fifth grade or something. I feel like the the general perception of somebody who's really good a lot of times is they want their kids to follow in their footsteps and start really early. Was he happy then when you started wrestling and you started like maybe not when you're going to these tournaments and going oh and two, but once you really started having fun like. Did, did that help you to have a dad who was kind of like, do your own thing, whether you love this or not? Yeah. And so the best thing about my dad, he didn't like pressure us into it. Like my brother wrestled um, pretty much. All, I have three brothers and I have three sisters and all three of the brothers for the most part started off wrestling. Yeah. One started off wrestling and did basketball and there's like just no pressure there. One wrestled, didn't start wrestling until freshman year. So he started oh. later than me. Yeah. And then one, one started wrestling when he was younger. So like 
pretty much like when he was like eight or nine, he started wrestling. And so for me, my dad really, I'm, I'm the youngest. My dad was like, if you want to wrestle, that's cool. If not, like, you know, I'll support you whether you do football yeah. or anything else. And I ended up like fifth grade, it's like really late. So I was, I was behind. So everyone I was wrestling already knew how to do a cradle, double leg, single leg. I didn't know how to do anything. I barely could like put the ankle bands on and tie my shoes. <laughs> so I was really behind the curve. And so he, he knew that. And he was like, well, if you're going to wrestle, we're going to make sure you, you know, you yeah. learn everything and, and get good at it. And was there an expectation for yourself because your dad was so good? Like, was there an expectation? Like, I, if I do this, I got to be good. I can't just do it and not. Like, was there any kind of self-expectation like that? Um, a little bit. I think when I first started off, my dad was so humble. And, yeah. and he really, like, he, he had, like, no awards or anything like that. I really didn't even know how good my dad was until, like, my second year wrestling, maybe. I was at a camp, and this kid was like, what's it like for your dad to be Olympian and all this stuff? I was like. He is. I, like, I, don't, I didn't know. Like I, he, he never like, he never really talked about. It. He was just so humble. I knew everyone loved talking to him. Everyone loved being around my dad. I just figured he was just a really nice dude, and everyone just loved being around him. And he is. But they also loved that he was uh, well pedigreed and and well accomplished in the sport of wrestling. And and the more I knew that, and the more I learned that, I was like, okay, cool. So I got like a pretty cool dad, like showing me all these moves. <laughs> Is, is, do you think that helped you? I mean, you were a five-time state champ, right? Like, did did that help you advance? Not just having your dad, who was such a good wrestler, help you, but not having the pressure. I feel like it, for some, I see it where the parents sucked and they want their kids to be better than they were, which I get that. I wasn't a good wrestler. I hope if my kids that I have potentially wrestle, great. Did that help you? Like, what do you think led to your early success? I think the fact that he didn't put pressure on me, like, helped me excel faster. Because I wasn't worried about, like, oh, I got to beat all these records. I got to do all these things. He made it more about just, like, hey, I want you to do everything to the best of your ability. I want you to have fun. I want you to praise the Lord in the process. Like, I want you to really just go after it. And he was so encouraging and so, like, laid back about it. Like, he would push me but he almost wouldn't like overstep it. Like he wouldn't do anything yeah. he knew I like, couldn't handle. And I feel like some, some dads want their sons to be so good that they like overdo it or overkill it or they um, make them cut too much weight. And so they end up not liking it in the long run where such I started um, late. I'm not going to get burnt out. I loved it. So I'd wrestle all year round. I go to every camp I could. Like I loved it because he didn't pressure me into it. He just let me embrace it. And, and I just fell in love with it. And as you were having that success and having fun, is that what continued to drive you? I'm always fascinated by like repetitive success where you win so many state championships, it becomes to some, a number, two, three, four, five, six. What was your motivation to just continue, you know, to con not, not just continue winning because when you're good at something and you're having fun, that's motivation. But for some, it does get really repetitive where it's like, okay, I, I'm a state champion. Now I'm just going to do that again, you know? And what was your perspective to continue evolving and continue having fun with new goals as you were finding success early on? So I think with me, I, my brother was a three-time state champ. My dad only won state once and my cousin Joe won state four times. And so for the Carr family, for me, like my dad said, 
I remember when he grew up, because my family has the most All-Americans in NCAA history, five in one family. And I remember, like, what he said was, like, he just wanted to be the best in the family. And so for me, I wanted to be the best in the Carr family, and that meant I had to have a, a pretty good – like, I wanted to win everything in high school. And so – and then once I win everything in high school, my goal was to do the same thing at the next level. So, like, my my – like I said, my cousin won four state titles. I was like, well, I need to win five. Like, <laughs> right. automatically. Naturally. I, guess, like, I Naturally, I want to, like, just – I'm talking, like, not just my dad, the whole family as a whole. I was looking up, like, like this – like, my Uncle Jimmy won a junior world title. And my Uncle Joe got silver at junior worlds. And then those guys, like, Uncle Jimmy made an Olympic team at, like, 16. Something crazy what? like that. Yeah. Like, wow. it's – like, it was insane. So, like – the how high like the accomplishments in my family like two olympians um my dad was the only national champ but he won it three times so like my goal was like i need to set myself up so i can beat all these goals and so pretty much i was like all right my cousin joe has four state titles i'm, and I'm thinking this in like sixth and seventh grade like i'm right my dad made me write down my goals like i wrote down yeah. my goals every day i wrote down my goals every day i was like okay so cousin joe has four state titles okay i'm gonna try to get five no one's ever won – or my dad won Fargo. I'm going to try to win Fargo. Yeah. And these other tournaments weren't really around, but I was like, I'm going to win Super 2, Ironman, BCEs, Fargo, any tournament that's really tough, I was going to try to win it. Yeah. And after that, you know, you, you did want to continue to have success in the college level. And, you know, your dad was an Iowa State legend. How much consideration was it for you to go or not to go to Iowa State to follow in those footsteps? Um, there's a lot of great schools that I got to visit, but just, it felt like home when I came to the visit on Iowa state, just cause like I, I grew up being like a cyclone fan. And yeah. so I loved, like when I was growing up, I loved cyclone football. I loved cyclone wrestling. And it, it kind of fell off a little bit. Like, cause when my dad was wrestling, they were like number one and number two with Iowa. Like they were like yeah. always year, year out the best team. And so I think Growing up, I always liked the Cyclones. And then going on my visit just reminded me how much that felt like home and the legacy that my dad left there. And my brother wrestled at Iowa State. So it was just like, um, I felt like, in my mind, I was just thinking, like, how cool would it be for me to go to the same school as my dad and break all his records? That'd just be, that'd be, pretty, that'd be pretty epic if I could do that. So I just fell in love with it. And just it worked out great with the coaching staff Kevin Jester and Matt Cash and St. John so yeah and you know going back to you being a five-time state champion winning all these accolades and I think you were like the number two overall crew in, in your class what was your perspective and expectation once you got to college like here your dad was a three-time national champ so you want to beat that you want to be a three or four-time champ what was your expectation your goals like getting to college so my goal, so the way my dad had, I talked to my dad, and so the goal was definitely to beat his records, but it, all, it was always more of, like, taking it year by year. Like, I wanted yep. to just, like, that year, the goal, ultimate goal is to win a national title and then forget about it, forget like I never had won it, and then do it yep. again. Like, forget about it and do it again until I was done with college. And so every year, kind of wrestling, like, it's my last year, my last chapter to win nationals and just train crazy hard, try to win it. If I could just get one. And then once I get the one, um, just forget about it and then repeat. And that's what my dad did. 
And so that was kind of like the strategy and the goal going into college. And, you know, I want to talk about this season, which was such an interesting season. But before we talk about the season, though, you know, you've been very vocal about your faith. And it sounds like your dad raised you that way, even saying like when you wrestle, like praise the Lord through your competitions. When did your faith started playing a role in your career? I feel like it played a, a big role. Um, once I started getting to high school, I started to get a little bit more people were like kind of recognize me and follow me a little bit. And he was like, this is, you want to make sure you're using your platform to praise the Lord and, and give glory to God. And yeah. he was like, anytime you get a chance to have an interview or anytime you have a chance to um, speak to someone, um, give glory to God and talk to him and, and really make that important to you. And so that right away was um, the number one thing, yeah. uh, no matter what, like final cap accomplishing my goals. I know that Jesus loves me. I know that my family loves me. And I know that I'm spreading the word of Jesus. And that, that gave me peace and it gave me the strength to even work harder. Yeah. And you know, you, like right now, I don't know how long they've been in your Instagram bio. I never like, I was looking up this morning and I saw you have both Romans eight eighteen and, and second Chronicles fifteen seven, which Romans talks about the present sufferings are not worthy to be compared yeah. with the glory will be revealed to us. And Chronicles fifteen seven talks about don't give up, you know, be strong. Your work will be rewarded. And I'm, yeah. you know, are those, it's funny because I look at it and if you would have added those this morning with everything going on in the world, with everything, uh -huh. going on with race, everything going on with Corona, with wrestling being canceled, like there's a lot of application. Are those things that you've added recently or those things that like through your career while you're competing? Cause those, those are strong scriptures. Like those aren't just yeah. temporary for today. Like those, well, you know, especially in a tough sport like wrestling where it's like, don't give up, be strong and right. sufferings. You know, what led you to, to those specific verses that you want to share with people? So those are two of my favorite verses because uh, I remember learning, I learned Romans 818 in high school. And I remember actually, I remember seeing like Dayton Fix had put it in one of his captions, one of his pictures, or maybe it was his bio. I remember reading that. I was like, man, I really like that. I'm going to keep that. And my dad my dad was like, you should pick like two or like one or two verses to memorize. And I ended up memorizing that verse. And it is so true to when I got to uh, college because of like the season, like this season, like being canceled by COVID, um, everything that's going on now, it just comes true and true. Like um, just staying, like staying to the path, like don't be discouraged. Like all those things are true. I even have I have Romans eight eighteen tattooed on my chest. Oh really? Yeah. So it's just like it's one of my favorite verses and it's just like it's always it's it's true and I know that no matter what, it's gonna everything will work out, you know, and, and trusting God's plan. So and there's no better time than now to have that yeah. peace. Like I know, I, I think it was Mike Machiavello I just had on. We were talking about it. Like everything going on right now, it's so nice to not put your trust in media or in what people say on Twitter or even certain friend groups, you know, like just to have that peace. Like I value peace above everything else. So right. sometimes you got to just shut that laptop <clears throat> or that person and to just yeah. have that peace is, is so valuable. And, you know, again, going back to this season, you were 18 and one this year. You only had one loss and that was to Ryan Deacon, big 10 champ, number one seed going into NCAAs. Uh, and, you know, obviously wildly ended, which we'll talk about in a second, but, you know, heading into nationals up until that point, 
Big 12 champ, one loss. What was your perspective on the season up until that point? I mean, I, I was feeling pretty good about the season. Like, I feel like freshman year, your freshman year wrestling, it's a, it definitely is like a little bit of a learning curve. I feel like for me, I was learning so much about myself, about what I could do. And when we wrestled, I wrestled at Deacon at the Las Vegas. It was like, that was the second, that was our, that was my first tournament. And that was like our second thing on the schedule or third thing on the schedule. So it was definitely, everything was kind of new to me. But once I had wrestled him, I remember going up to dressing rooms, like, I kind of understand, like, what college wrestling is about. I kind of understand, <laughs> like, level of toughness, yeah. the things that need to be done to win. And it was really, that was like a blessing this guy's losing because it kind of just opened my eyes to figuring out things. And after that, it was like, the sky was the limit. I, I really pushed myself and figured things out for the rest of the season. And really, I was feeling my best. I was peaking you know, around big 12s. And then, you know, you know, we're leading up to nationals, we're getting ready. And then, you know, we have the meeting and we find out this gig's canceled. Yeah. And I want your reaction to being canceled, but one quick thing I will ask about is, you know, another thing that putting your trust in Jesus for me is that when there's disappointment and heartache, it's so much easier to cope with it. Right. When you have that loss to Deacon, what was your personal response after? Like, was it like, I know everybody goes into college and wants to be a four-time undefeated champion. Right. You know, ever since Cal now, especially, that's like the that's the go-to um, goal for so many. When you have that loss, what was your perspective to it? Was it like you? you it sounds like now looking at and looking in the rearview mirror, it worked out great. Like you said, it was a blessing in disguise. Was that your response initially? Because some people have a loss and they can't get over it mentally. And you're, that's a perfect example that you can rebound from it, use it as a strength, and now the rest of the season did so good. Was that your, was that your response initially to the match? I mean, I wouldn't say initially that was my response. I think I, – I mean, I've had a lot of time to reflect and, sure. and think about it. But I think initially um, I was definitely – I was disappointed in how I wrestled, and I was definitely like – I just kind of promised myself I wouldn't um wrestle I wouldn't wrestle like that again I promised myself that like if I get another chance to to wrestle him or get another chance to wrestle another good opponent that I'd make sure that I was gonna wrestle smart give everything I had and represent my school my university and represent um my teammates well I feel like with that match I feel like I didn't do that but you know after that I pretty much my dad's always talked about like um, you know, you can feel bad for like one or two days. And then after that, that's it. You get a two day grace period. And then you just forget <laughs> about it. Like, he's like, I can't, you can't be babying about it, crying about it. Oh, I could have did this. I could have did that. It's really you just, you said, I'll give you two days. You can feel sad and sorry all you want. And then after that, you pretty much got to forget about it and work towards, um, the bigger goal. And we've always talked about the bigger picture and the bigger picture is honestly just getting better, learning, getting that experience so you can win a national title. Yeah, for sure. And you did have that. You took those couple days and like you said, now you've had time to reflect on it, but you know, up until the season was canceled, you were seated third going to NCAAs. You were feeling as, as good as possible. What was your reaction when the tournament was canceled? Um, I was really, I, I, I honestly didn't think that could happen in a million years. I was like, there's no way they're going to cancel a national tournament. I was like, there's no way. 
I was really in denial. I was like, there's no way they're going to do it. There's no way they're going to do it. I just had my best practice all season, the week, you know, the week leading up to it. And we have this meeting because our practice, he was like, we're not having practice today. We're just having a meeting. I was like, that's weird. Like, and we go in and Josh was talking to us and he kind of just talked about more about the safety part of it <clears throat> and the risk and all that and how bad it actually, actually could be. Because then it wasn't really like, like we weren't wearing masks. It wasn't like bad or anything like that. So I was just yeah. like, he kind of just talked about the safety and all that. And I remember just walking out and just started like, I just started crying and my dad kind of just grabbed me and just talked to me and told me that everything happens for a reason and that um, hopefully we can get a year back and things like that. And really it was just like, it was just a shock to me. I just really didn't think because they said no fans. So I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like yeah. we can definitely still do it. It was crazy. Like if it was just a week earlier, like, I always think, like, what yeah. if we just – one week earlier, we could have had it. And so – but I was definitely upset, but I definitely just prayed about it. And God gave me some peace, man, you know, the week later and just kind of dealt with it. Yeah, and going back to peace, man, I'm so thankful lately for peace. And, you know, I'm sure there are so many thoughts. Like, even wanting to one-up your dad with – he was a three-time champ. You wanted to be a four-time champ, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that's how your your career has worked up until then. How long was it after that when you say you like you were finally like was it that next week, two weeks that where you felt that peace, like okay, everything happens for a reason, and then you just like, okay, whatever's next I'm ready for? Yeah, I kinda just I, I felt that peace like that next week and and I was just like, you know, like going into college, you know, I really wanted to beat that record and do those things, but I remember just thinking like this 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 is gonna be good for me. I remember thinking like that as long as it definitely I definitely not gonna take anything for granted. I feel like yeah. everyone always takes things for granted. Like next nationals like is gonna be insane because I feel like everyone's just gonna really give it their all because we we missed out. I feel like we we got robbed of the season really. Yeah. Because that's like that's the most important thing of the whole entire year. So I definitely won't be taking anything for granted. Even now, it's hard to train. It's hard to go to gyms. Like, I'm really enjoying everything. It's really helped me enjoy the sport more with wrestling, running, everything that I'm doing right now. I'm not taking anything for granted. I'm like, this could, like, anything can happen. We could not have a season this year. Anything can happen. So I'm really just enjoying living in the moment, and I feel like that's what's helped me um, realize and how do you think all this time off from competition, you're somebody who does go to every tournament. Last year, you know, winning a junior world championship, you're somebody who competes year-round. And this, for you, is something new. This much rest. Like, how do you right. think you're going to come out of this? I imagine it from the outside looking in. I imagine this is a blessing in disguise because your body's getting some rest and healing, whether yeah. you think you need it or not. How do you think you're going to come out of all this quarantine and time off from a, from a career and, and preparation standpoint? I, I think it's really good for the whole wrestling community. I mean, I know some guys who this is the longest day break they've ever had. This is yeah. for me. This is for sure the longest break I've yeah. ever had. I've always, I've my dad's always had me go somewhere or go train or do a camp or do something that involves with wrestling. So this was like, for me, it was like driving me crazy. I was like, if I don't get on the mat soon, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to do. Like there's no school right now. There's no, can't really go out and do go and fly and do vacation or do anything like that. So I was like, 
it was, it was such a weird time for everybody. I mean, for you, it's hard. It has to be hard to stay motivated yeah. and get these interviews and do all the things you're doing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've been listening to your stuff for a while. Like you've had so many great people on here and you've talked to so many, um, so many great people, so many great wrestlers and the stories. Like I remember, I just learned from my dad's always taught me to like, listen to other champions to help yeah. you become champions. And yeah. the best way to do that is like do what you're doing and, yeah. and interviews after matches. And so like right now, pretty much all I do is just listen to other interviews, watch wrestling and try to wrestle myself if I can get on the mat. <laughs> yeah. And I'm curious too, you mentioned earlier, and by the way, thank you for listening to the show. I appreciate that. I love the caliper of people that listen to this podcast. I think it, it makes me so happy. But, you know, you mentioned earlier not burning out because you love what you do. How do you think this is helping that? Where I think so many people, they don't even know they're burnt out until they're, they're after they're burnt out. And they're like, man, I don't want to compete anymore. Like, it's taking a toll on me. How do you think this helps you not burn out? And does it give you more time to reflect on things you can do so that you don't burn out? in the future i think this break definitely one it was good for my body to have because wrestling season is a long season like after season i was like well i'm just gonna take it wake take a week or two and then i wanted to get back at it but as far as burning out like like i said i started i started pretty pretty late so i felt like i was always like loving it loving it and then once i got to college it's such a a grind of a season you really want to make sure you have those breaks and you really make sure you're refreshed so you can get ready to do it again. And I feel like this really, like, I feel like I'm so hungry to like train. I'm so hungry to to do all these things. And that's just like a blessing in disguise with like this COVID. So for me, it's definitely affected me very positively. And I feel like I definitely won't be getting burned out anytime soon. I'm just like, all I think about right now is wrestling and getting back on it. I can't wait for the Olympic trials next year. Like as a fan, as friends of so many in the sport, like I think people are going to be so hungry. Now today, UWW announced that we might be having a world championships this year, which throws so many things into array. I mean, if all of a sudden you're talking about a world championships this year, then Olympics in August, then a non non Olympic world championship next year. And the hunger people have like this, thankfully this quarantine has given me the opportunity to have so many conversations because so many people, number one, want to talk about it because they're, they're like itching and number two, because they're doing less. So I'm having all these conversations both on the podcast and offline. And I hear how hungry people are. Like, you don't know what I would do to go wrestle right now. You don't know what I would do to go practice, to drill. So I think the hunger is only going to be so much more intensified. And you also had so many things that motivate you and, and inspire you from, you know, having your dad and so many people in your family have success, but even your own success, like being a junior world champion has got to motivate you to be a senior level world and Olympic champion. Tell me about that experience winning a junior world championship and what you think that has done to kind of further you put you in a better position through college and then on the senior level. Yeah, that was a great, that summer was a great experience for me. I learned so much because the thing I, I love about once you're on the world team, the junior world team or cadet world team or anything, you get to train with the senior level guys. And so I got to wrestle with James Green, Jordan Burroughs, Derringer, all these caliber guys. And you've been learning so much. And it's just like, 
I'm so excited to wrestle at the senior level and get a chance to to make an impact. And I, I wrestled at two senior level events last year. I wrestled at the Dave Schultz, and I got fourth. And then I wrestled at the wrestled in a tournament in Cuba, and I got third. And wrestling at those tournaments, like I wrestled Frank Marlonero, I lost to him by one point. I wrestled Sorensen, and that was a crazy match. I wrestled him in Cuba, I lost by one point. So just seeing that I was like right there with some of the some of those tough guys, yeah. and it just makes me excited to get ready. And that ultimately helped me for Junior Worlds. Like once I got to Junior Worlds, it was like I had wrestled all these good guys already. So it was just like once I got there, I was like I felt like I can compete with anybody. And uh, so I'm definitely excited for a freestyle career after after college. What's up, homie? That was it. How's practice? Uh, it was a lift, but it was it was a good lift. But um, so I'm definitely definitely excited for my uh, uh, freestyle career, and definitely like my dad made let's see he made like three world teams, Olympic team and Olympic bronze. So it's definitely like freestyle after college is definitely what I'm looking forward to. And when you win a tournament like that, you win a world championship, you wrap the flag around you. Like, how much does that mean to you? That, that's, to me, that's one of the coolest things. I think wrapping the flag around you and the world championship belts, like when I saw David Taylor's, I literally put it on for like three hours. I didn't take it off. <laughs> it's so dope. The belt, the belt alone is like, it's so dope. Like, the, right. the wrap, wrapping the flag around and running, that's why I feel like we – like as a country like so we won the junior world team like as a team and the senior world team that, that year i feel like just the level elevated because you're seeing like so much success at junior level and it's helping um yeah. guys progress like you see dayton fix making a senior world team and he's been on countless junior world teams gable stevenson getting close to making a senior world team like all these guys like it's it's such an experience i love that we have that because really helping our junior level guys and helping the sport of wrestling as, as the, the team USA as a whole get better. And yeah. so having that experience was like amazing. Yeah. I can only imagine. I'm hoping that somebody, maybe they get so many of them, maybe something happens. Like my goal is to get someone's world championship belt. Yeah. I want to, I want to put it on a, on a shelf behind me, but that's so cool. And, and one thing, last thing here I want to talk to you about, you're a part of this group that's growing up through the social media era, right? And now next year, NCAA looks like they're going to allow for athletes to profit off their likeness and image heading into the 2021-2022 season. And you're noticing it's wild to me that kids your age have 30, 40, 50, 60, 70,000 followers, not because you guys don't deserve it. Like you guys deserve it. And there's TikTok stars like Charlie D'Amelio, who has 16 million followers, right? Yeah. Like, but to, I, I've got like 4,000 followers. And if you say something that doesn't make everybody happy, they come after you and, and words can be hurtful. Like people can right. say stuff just to, just to spite you to try to get a rise yeah. out of you. So I know firsthand on a small scale, how difficult it is to grow your brand and not get distracted by it. And you're in this group of this age group where it's so important to build your brand because it's no longer from a brand standpoint. A lot of it isn't just about winning. Like Cal Sanderson wins and he gets every deal probably he wants because 
he did what he did. He's undefeated. All these, that's not no more. No more. It's like, well, what's your influence? What's your reach? And I'm curious how you've been working on your brand. Cause I see you working on your brand and building on social. I'm curious at what your perspective is on building it and also not getting distracted by it. Um, so right now it's just such so many people on like social media and you can reach and influence so many people. Yeah. And the people that are in my like age group, like Gable Stevenson has a crazy amount of following Roman brother young. All these dudes are like, like pretty much have a ton of following and they're using it to influence people. So I definitely like want to use it to influence and I want to encourage and really uplift anyone yeah. who's on my page. And then also just, I want my page to reflect who I am. I want it to reflect Christ. I want it to reflect what I care about. Um, yeah. So I want it to reflect what I care about. But at the same time, I don't want to be too distracted by it. Cause like yeah. during season, during season, um, it can be a distraction because people are always commenting or always yeah. tagging you and stuff like, Oh, you're going to wrestle Hitler. You're going to wrestle Deacon stuff like that. And it can really, yeah. it can be draining. And so like during season, I try not to be on it or I try to like, um, once it gets closer to postseason, I just log completely off until after yeah. season. But it really can drain you and, and a lot of people, not everybody's nice when you find start to find out. And so you really just gotta just kinda um, you know, just look past certain things and really just stay focused and not let you let let you drain it. Let the social media drain you. Yeah, and it's easy to let happen if you don't really, especially I think being a Christian is such an advantage because you know your identity is in Christ and it's not in what other people tell you. And that's real right. dangerous. If you'll if you're insecure or if you fall victim to, to caring too much what others say about you, it's even harder to stay focused. But I'm also curious, like, do you think about it a lot? Like like you mentioned Gable Roman. Roman's on a freaking rooftop in Arizona with a drone. <laughs> making videos and i love it i'm a content guy so i appreciate it i love the hustle i think what he's doing is awesome but it does take a lot of work right same with gable gable's hustling on his social he's trying to yep. build it he's telling yep. people to, you know follow him here do this he's creating a lot of content do you give it much thought or are you more just natural like i'll post when i want to and and it is what it is yeah i mean i i post i just kind of post when i want to but when I see when I see how they're building their stuff, I kind of want to do things like that. Like I'll be like, "Oh, yeah. that's kind of cool. Like I would love to do like a video like that, or or do something like that." Because I know Gable's branching out. He's on TikTok now. He's on Twitter. He's like all these things. Roman's got like a like, hundred thousand on TikTok. It's insane. His TikToks are pretty cool. I, they're I, great. I like watching them. They're yeah. insane. Like as a like I'm I love seeing um, everyone's content and seeing what they're putting out. It's entertaining, and I can't imagine for like the their fans like they're fans of them that love yeah. seeing them on on these platforms so like for me i'm just like i i definitely think about okay i want to do a little bit more i want to do something like that and i'll just get yeah. inspired by whoever i follow yeah and do you give much thought to the brand not not necessarily after wrestling but you know like there, there's so much relevance to capture you're winning junior world championships you go overseas like that stuff builds a lot of relevance do you give a lot of thought to what you want to do in the future with it or is it listen right now i'm i'm wrestling and as i go i'll try to build my audience so whatever happens happens right i definitely want to build my audience and then you know like i'm studying communications and i'm uh majoring in that so like I want to see what I can use with the media. Cause like you said, now you could possibly get, I know some people that make tons of money off of Instagram just cause people send them stuff or they use it for advertising and stuff like that. 
So, like, with the name, license, and image, you know, you never know. Uh, later on, I could be using it to make money or or do things like that. So, I definitely try to keep building it just because it might help me out later in the future. Yeah, and there's definitely a balance because it's not about – some people look at it and think of an Instagram influencer and they think, oh, they're just – they want to live a high life. But, no, if you right. leverage your Instagram properly and you can offset, say, hey, if I can get a 1000 bucks here, this maybe – will cover all my food for training or whatever. Right. There's more ways like Victoria Anthony just launched a company because she didn't want to be dependent on other people um, sponsoring her and, and paying uh. her to represent the brand. So she wanted to create a company and having an audience allowed her to do that to the degree of it, it helped her have success because when you launch a product with a hundred followers, a thousand, 10,000 or a hundred thousand followers, right. that's a big difference with who's going to buy a fitness product or a, a t-shirt or whatever so but it's but it's cool not to get distracted i think my biggest concern is i know what a distraction it can be and i'm not on the the front lines like you guys are like you said for the postseason i know ashnell i think he told me he went off at his whole senior year he didn't want to hear any of it the rankings and like you said you're tagged in it so even if right. you don't look for it like you're tagged tag you. i know i hate i hate that they literally like tag you or or if like anything like usa set wrestling track or people will just tag you. And then you're like, yeah. you're just like, oh, I don't even want to see that. I'm getting ready to wrestle. I'm trying to focus. Yeah. So it's definitely hard. Like, I don't even know if I'll – next season will be interesting whether if I keep keep on the whole social media thing or take a break during the season. I know Mark Hall. I know some of the Penn State guys will go off of it. Yeah. And I know yeah. some of my teammates try to, like, get off it for the whole season. Yeah, and you got to – again, a perk of being a Christian is you can pray about it and get peace right. and discernment about, Lord, show me what to do here and right. have a peace about it. So that's cool. Well, listen, man, you got anything else? That's all I got for today. That's it, man. I love what you're doing. Um, Thank you. I love the caliber people you're getting on here. I love listening to it. Um, just I wish you the best. Uh, God you, bless, man. and thanks for reaching out to me. You know, this was a lot of fun. Of course, man. And listen, after you win another NCAA or win another world championship on any level, win an NCAA championship, I'm sure you'll be back on here soon because you're not going to stop winning. Your story is only going to get better. So I'm sure we'll speak soon, man. Thank you for taking the time. Thank today. you. Thank awesome. you so much. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you did enjoy this episode of the podcast, be sure to leave a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on more episodes. For more wrestling content, be sure to follow Bash Mania on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow me. I'm at JBash on Instagram and at Justin J. Bash on Twitter. I'll be back with another episode shortly. See ya. And the beat goes on.